Maybe his immune... Maybe he just has this amazing <laughs> immune system. He's like, you can't touch me. He's super immune. Shane, have you never had it? I have not. You would have did. Wow. He's gone into his settings. That's impressive. He's gone into his settings and, and upped his health to 99. <laughs> I knew it. Over 9,000. That's always how... That's how he could always beat us at Halo. That's exactly right. That and the fact that he's much faster, smarter, and, you know, I'm a bit of an idiot and clumsy. But other than that, yeah, you're right. It totally but other bad. than that, yeah. 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 Same way with pretty much any game that I played with, you know, against Shane. I, I had no chance. But I gave it a shot. Literally. I gave it a shot. Good evening, and welcome to Once Upon a Recast, an MSVS production. I'm Jeremy Young, your host for this week's show, and with me as always is Garth. Oh wait, no. Uh, with me, with me as always are my co-host uh, co and this episode's contenders. In no particular order, I will introduce them, and I think you're going to enjoy each and every one of them. Some say he is known to run with wolves, but never for more than once a night, Chris Roberts. Heard of him. Secondly, <clears throat> yeah. Some say that he invented what it is to be cool, and that his wit and wisdom are unparalleled amongst men. I like saying amongst as well. And that his wit and wisdom are only matched by his wife, Deborah, which is true. That is Michael Circle. And third, and not last, well, yeah, he is last. I guess third would be last, right? Yes, it is. Some say that he has an appetite for the blood of his enemies, while others say it is really for meat and cheese. To the which, he says, okay. That's right. It's Shane Roberts. Okay. Welcome, gentlemen. <laughs> I was waiting for Welcome. it. Welcome. What we like to do is we like to rewrite movies to hilarious ends with specific items, people, or ideas uh, changed as integral parts of their story. And then as the all-powerful judge, I will harshly or not harshly or whatever, judge the others on their stories and and find a winner based upon whatever criteria I enjoy at the moment. Uh, they will, of course, whoever wins this, will get to host the next episode and decide the next movie and topic in which they will rewrite. So, gentlemen, are you excited for the, the show that we're doing tonight? I'm as ready as I've ever been. <laughs> we are, uh, we're doing a bit of a festive episode because we expect this to come out Christmas of 2025. Festivus for the um, rest of us. Whenever Michael can finally get all of the ones edited, the uh, but it is it is like Michael's. Uh, he's too busy writing his story. <laughs> That's right all right. Now. Can't believe someone would be oh, writing really? story do such a thing. <laughs> I know who would do such a thing, but uh, you know it's it is that time of the year as we're recording this Christmas. The Christmas season is upon us, and uh, I was just thinking that since we're we're going to be doing a Yuletide. Uh, episode, I, I thought a good question to determine our order 
would be for each of you to give me your top five favorite Christmas movies. Ooh. So, and then I'll, I'll determine the, uh, the winner from that. In any particular order? You just want any particular order. Just give me your five favorite. All right, ready? Yep. You ready? Here we go. Yep. Ready. Um, Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Elf. Holiday Inn. Got to get an old one in there. Um, And the last, but in no way least, we're going to go with. Oh, now I'm not sure. No, you know what? It's it's harder than you think. It is. It is tough. It is tough to, to narrow that one down. Um, I've, Christmas with the Cranks. It's All become right. a fun one. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to also, I'm going to put Elf in there. That's a solid choice. I'm going to go with the Santa Claus. No, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really think about watching Christmas movies a lot. I do have to put the holiday classic jingle all the way. It in there. is so bad, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a holiday, holiday classic. classic jingle I've heard all it the said way. Many times. <laughs> um, let me see. Let's do Home Alone. It's a Christmas movie. It is. Um, Fifth movie that deals with Christmas. You should put a Christmas story in there. Not a finger. I should have. I should have put a you know Christmas what? story in there. A Matter Christmas fact, story. I'm putting that in. That's for a good Christmas call. The cranks. We're, we're switching those out. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, circle. Just remember, it was in mine first. <laughs> circle. <laughs> a circle, Christmas are you story. with us? Hello. Ah. Is he there? Yes, a Christmas story. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A Christmas story. Okay. That, right. That, that's, that's one. That's the first one. <laughs> yeah, top five, man. Top five. He wants to a watch Christmas it five story times. And? On Christmas Day. He can. A Christmas story. I think okay, he's so picked all a Christmas five story. Are, because you used up all the glue on purpose. <laughs> I really thought you were about to say because all of the movies dealing with Christmas really are a Christmas story. That's what James yeah, was thinking. That. Yeah, I'm surprised there was no, uh, you know, Santa Claus conquers the Martians, or you know, the Christmas that almost wasn't. Um, but. Uh, here, okay. I, Listen, I put holiday classic. You got out yeah, it, it is. I, I, I'll be honest <clears throat> with you. My my top five, and it was hard for me was uh, to come up with these. Was White Christmas, The Muppet Christmas Carol. Actually, I was confident that White Christmas was in oh, there, yeah. but I don't even remember anything about White Christmas, so I could not justify putting it. <laughs> That's in all there. right. It's a good movie, though. You should. That watch is it. a good movie. So White Christmas, Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Holiday Inn, yep, and Christmas Vacation, and and my honorable mentions would have been Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the original, Die Hard, and A Christmas Story. So knowing that, I'm going to have to say that Chris, uh, you had the most that were 
on my list. You had three, and then you switched one out at the end. Did. Um, and the other two only had one apiece. So, um, Chris, you're going to get to determine the order. That's pretty fantastic. Um, well, I am probably uh, then going to have Shane go first, because I think this time he's more prepared than Michael. We'll let Michael take the second I spot. Look at, and then I'll, I'll nice do Michael. Look at that. He's in the Christmas giving I spirit. Am. That's what I that am. is. All right. It's a Christmas miracle. Right. It is. A, it's a, it is. It's a, it's a Christmas miracle. So, uh, all right. So everybody is aware of what we're doing uh, before we get started with, uh, with Shane. The, uh, the challenge that I gave them was to take a, a, a movie and turn it into a Christmas film. And sometimes that works. And sometimes it doesn't. You know, it works in situations where you don't think of it as, as a Christmas movie, like uh, maybe Die Hard or Lethal Weapon. So, all right, I gave each of you a, a Christmas uh, movie. I gave them, or a movie to turn into a Christmas movie. And they, I told them to basically change whatever they needed to change, as long as they just made sure that they kept the, uh, the moths and Christmas. But uh, I gave them each something different uh, to just sort of keep it fresh. So Shane has been given uh, Zombieland. Uh, Michael has been given Big Trouble in Little China. And Chris, who's, uh, who won the toss-up, he gets to go last, he will be doing Les Mis. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how each of you do this. Shane, are you uh, you ready to get started? I don't think I have a choice. All right. Well, I mean, you do have a choice, but you know, if, if you're not ready, it could just go really, really bad, I guess. But you know, well, it could still go bad. I, said, I, I felt really good about this a few days ago, but then I never got around to you know doing it too far in advance. But I got something here. We got something. All right. Well, so here we right. go. You ready? ready? All right. Well, first casting. Jesse Eisenberg is going to be Columbus. We're going to boldly make Woody Harrelson Tallahassee. Emma Stone's going to be Wichita and Abigail Breslin's Little Rock. That's some good casting. For those of you, for those of you keeping track, that means we are going to keep the cast intact. The cast was pretty phenomenal. It was perfect. So they are going to remain. Um, I have actually set my movie for shortly in the future after the first Zombieland, and yet probably before the second Zombieland movie that I've never seen. Ah. All right. So the events of the first movie have happened, and we're now at the end of that year because it's Christmas time. I don't know what time it was during the first movie, but now it's Christmas time. All right. All right. The scene is set, and here we go. So first we uh, open in with a, uh, a view of the world and a narrator begins to speak twas the night before christmas and all through the land not a creature was stirring well perhaps just one man his friends had no cheer they were not a little merry and young little rock could not recall a christmas that was not filled with something scary so he rustled and bustled but simply could not find a way to celebrate Christmas, a way that wouldn't get them caught. But then his eyes lit up. Yes, he thought of something grand. And so he began to stir the others, for they would celebrate Christmas in Zombieland. Oh, 
And so then we get we get a little zombie land, like the words pop up. You're gonna have like Christmas lights on the letters and whatnot, as you do for Christmas things. All right. So all right, everybody up, Tallahassee says loudly, awakening the group. We have a spectacular plan. You all need to hear. Why do we have to talk about it before noon? Asked Columbus. You don't listen well, do you? Says Tallahassee in that Tallahassee voice. You know the one. <laughs> it's there. We aren't talking about it. I'm speaking and you're going to hear it. I say things, you do it. Easy there, cowboy, says Wichita. You aren't the boss here. The crap I'm not. I'm older. I'm wiser. You're also grumpier, chimes in Little Rock. <laughs> Not grumpier today, he replies, with a twinkle in his eye. Do you know what today is? The day you woke us up without breakfast, says Little Rock, grumpily. <laughs> he tosses each of them a boiled hot dog. Nope, it's Christmas, he says, putting on a dirty old beat-up Santa hat. I thought it was the night before Christmas, says Columbus. It is actually December 23rd, but it's the season. <laughs> You keep that close of a track on the dates, asked Wichita. For Christmas? Yeah. And we need to get moving if we're gonna if we're gonna do Christmas right. I know I'm gonna regret this, but what is it you're wanting? She replies. Thank you for your attention, he says sarcastically. What is the one thing that you need to properly celebrate Christmas? A tree, she says. Presents, says Little Rock. Someone special to share it with, says Columbus, longingly looking at Wichita. Right, right, and don't be so needy, kid. <laughs> Makes you look pathetic, Tallahassee says to the three of them. Also, you need Christmas lights and you need the big man himself. You said one thing, says Columbus. It was a trick question there, Junior, Tallahassee replies, smacking him in the back of the head. And yours was still wrong anyway. Well, where can we get everything that we need? Walmart, asked Little Rock. Nope. Pigeon Forge, says he says with a bold smile. Pigeon Forge, asked Wichita. You gotta be kidding. One of the biggest tourist cities in the country? That's one of the stupidest ideas I've ever heard. Oh, you mean as stupid as some girls wanting to go to Pacific Playland? He replies staunchly. <laughs> she says, fair. I retract my statement. Okay, then. Let's load up. We gotta get moving to make it there by Christmas. We don't even get a vote, asked Columbus, motioning to himself and Little Rock. Sounds like fun, she says. Okay, well, I don't get a vote, he says. Right, vote then, commands Tallahassee. I say we don't do it, he replies. You feel better now, kid? A little. All right, let's go. They load into a van, and they head on the road towards the Christmas place in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Along the way, they get into some shenanigans and whatnot. Uh, the big one being when they stop for gas in a small town in Missouri. You know, small town in Missouri. Mm. If you're thinking of a small town in Missouri, that's the one. That small town. Oh, that, I think I've been there. In that small town uh -huh. in Missouri, yeah. Yeah. Missouri. Stay sharp, everybody, says Columbus, as he gets out to, to pump the gas. It's not our first rodeo, Junior, says Tallahassee. You know we need to go check to see if there's a generator first there, Chief. Tallahassee goes to see if the station has a, has a generator to get the pumps going. While he's gone, someone begins approaching the van. The girls react quickly and unload several shots. Easy, easy, the man replies. You nearly hit me. I did hit you, shouts Little Rock. No, I'm okay, he says, looking down at himself. Who are you? asks Wichita, keeping her gun pointed. 
Sean Bean, says Columbus excitedly. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. <laughs> Who? asks Little Rock. Only one of the greatest actors of our time. I've seen this guy die so many times. Can you do the Lord of the Rings line? Columbus fanboys towards him. He says, no. <laughs> Columbus drops his head in defeat. <laughs> Wait a second. You're from the UK. Why are you in Missouri? Well, I was actually filming a movie. But luckily, when the zombies hit, I just filmed a death scene, so they let me be, he replies. So I've been wandering the U.S. ever since, lending aid to travelers in need. Tallahassee rounds the corner. Well, no generator, no lucky chance. We'll have to find another station. Hello there, friend, replies Sean Bean. If fuel is what you need, I believe I can be of assistance. And who is this, Tallahassee says, motioning towards Sean Bean. Just a noble wanderer. No, it's Sean Bean, like the Sean Bean, exclaims Columbus. Yeah, he's some British guy, says Little Rock. Tallahassee squints his eyes to inspect the newcomer. Okay, but drop the accent, he says. I don't really think that's how accents work, <laughs> Little Rock says. Let me handle the dealing, kid. No deals are necessary, my friend. Where are your journeys taking you, says Sean Bean, as he opens a secret panel and starts up the gas pumps. Yeah, he's that good. Tennessee, to celebrate Christmas like good Americans would, says Tallahassee. I'm not your enemy, says Sean Bean. Well, good for you, because last time you were, we kicked some British butt, if you don't recall that. <laughs> <laughs> if you have space, perhaps I could join you on your journey. I don't know about... Before Tallahassee can finish his statement, Sean Bean pulls out a metal lightning bolt and throws it straight at him. Tallahassee ducks and pulls out his gun, but then realizes Sean Bean's bolt has struck something. A zombie drops to the ground, metal bolt through its eye socket. He looks back to Sean Bean. Okay, I guess you can stay. Where'd you get this thing? Prop for my last movie. Works pretty well, though. Hmm. It's all with the wrist, about how you throw it. Gotta get it, gotta get it in there. They finish fueling up and load back into the van and continue their journey toward Division Forge. As they get ever so closer, it becomes decision time. We just go right around Gatlinburg, says Columbus. <laughs> it doesn't add that much time. That place is going to be packed with zombies. We won't make it by midnight if we go around, says Tallahassee. We got to be there when it turns Christmas, or what's the point of even going? What is the point, by the way, asked Wichita. Just, just asking because it still seems stupid. I have to agree with the girl. This plan doesn't seem like it's very well thought, thought out, agrees Sean Bean. <laughs> Mama Tallahassee used to take me to the Christmas place every year to celebrate Christmas. It's the most festive place on <laughs> earth, and that's where we're going. And if you don't like it, you can get out of the van. Well, I mean, if you stop the van, says Columbus, that wasn't part of the deal, Junior, says Tallahassee with a smile. If you want to get out, just get out. After a bit of tense silence, the group has arrived at the entrance of Gat to Gatlinburg. The streets are completely covered with zombies because it's Gatlinburg. Okay, just slowly back up and turn us around, says Wichita tensely. Well, I would do that, says Tallahassee, but they're also behind us. Sure enough, the road behind them is now filled with zombies as well. So you brought us here to die. Great, says Little Rock. No need to point fingers. It's nobody's fault, says Tallahassee. <laughs> it's your fault. The whole thing was your idea, says Wichita. Friends, 
Let us not turn on each other, says Sean Bean as he begins his noble speech voice. We simply need to band together, united with the plan. He's interrupted by the van speeding forward into a slew of zombies. The plan shoot them till they're dead again, says Tallahassee. The van is soon stuck on an innumerable amount of zombies. If the number was numerable, it would probably be around 20 <laughs> that they've run over. Everyone grabs a gun and they begin an epic scene of blood and destruction capped by Sean Bean continuing to wield a metal lightning bolt prop like Darth Maul's lightsaber. However, the onslaught appears to be too much. They take refuge in a local weapons store to attempt to find some more ammunition. Alright, we just need a little more ammo and a new set of wheels, says Tallahassee, looking around the room. Sean Bean walks over to him. Why is this so important to you, friend? He asks. Look, this is one of those things everybody should have. A good Christmas. And that kid over there, he says, motioning to Little Rock, she didn't even get a chance to, to have them through her childhood. So I'm going to make sure this one gets to happen. Sean Bean gives a nod. I understand, my friend. He pauses. There's a tour bus across the street. It looks as though it may work. Well, there are too many of them in the streets. We're going to get stopped again. Let me handle that, says Sean Bean. I would have followed you into the Christmas place itself. <laughs> my brother. My captain. My king. Oh, come on. He didn't even know the line. He doesn't even know the movie, says Columbus. Sean Bean finds a prop of the Horn of Gundor and climbs to the top of the building. He begins blasting it as he cracks some flares and begins running across rooftops away from the group. The mass of zombies in the street all follow him, leaving a clear path for, the, for our quartet. I did not see that coming, says Wichita. They hurry across the street and open the door of the tour bus, where a zombie driver immediately lunges at them. Wichita blows his head off. Okay, that doesn't even make sense. Has he just been sitting in that seat the entire time <laughs> waiting on somebody to open the door, says Columbus? They then realize the entire bus is actually full of trapped zombies who begin pouring out of the door. In a comedic scene, they run a circle around the bus and then get in, leaving all of the zombies locked outside. They punch it and head towards Pigeon Forge. Soon they see a majestically festive winter house. They have arrived at the Christmas place. We made it. There it is, says Tallahassee. It's just a cheap Christmas store, says Wichita. Are you serious? We went through all that. Had some guy sacrifice himself for us, and it was all to get some cheap Christmas store? Not some cheap Christmas store, he says. The Christmas store. <laughs> now let's get that tree lit. I mean, I guess we're already here, says Columbus. Alright, find the main power switch, says Tallahassee. As they begin to search the small Christmas village, they soon discover they are not alone. Zombies in elf attire begin to emerge <laughs> oh that's uh. just wrong says tallahassee as he blasts the first one in the face however they're more than he realized as his gunshot has alerted the others another epic battle ensues as the horde of zombie elves attempt to overrun our heroes at one point a christmas tree goes down and the team uses it to impale several zombies another point columbus uses a sharpened candy cane to take down a zombie but finally the team is tired but victorious all right, this is the last door. This must be the breaker, says Tallahassee. It's at that moment that Zombie Claw steps forward. He is a massive beast of a zombie with a not-so-jolly gurgle in his voice. 
Well, that's going to cause nightmares, says Little Rock. Tallahassee points his shotgun at the zombie's face, but alas, he has no shells. He pulls a pistol, but it too is empty. He looks to the others, but nobody seems to have any bullets. All right, Mr. Grinch, I'll take Christmas back myself. He's a lot bigger than I pictured the Grinch, says Columbus. I don't really see it. I think it's because of the green skin tone, says Wichita. He's not stopping Christmas. That's all I'm saying, people. It was right. He's trying to stop. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Okay, says Columbus. Tallahassee grabs a striped pole decoration and begins his showdown. He lands several hard blows, but the, the zombie claws seems unfazed. <laughs> As Tallahassee takes another swing at his head, zombie claws grabs the pole and throws Tallahassee into a gingerbread house. The others begin throwing Christmas ornaments at zombie claws, who turns toward them. As he closes in on them, he's suddenly lassoed around the neck uh, by a string of Christmas lights. Zombie Claus turns to see Tallahassee holding the string of lights. Kid, grab the other end, he yells to Little Rock. She grabs the other end of the lights as Zombie Claus gets closer and closer to Tallahassee. I can't stop him, she says in a panic. Deep breath, on three, he says calmly as Zombie Claus gets ever so close. She nods. One... Wait, go on three? Or three, then go, she asks. <laughs> on three, he says, zombie claws now within a few feet. Three, he shouts. They both pull hard on the string of lights, and zombie claws' head pops off like a rocket, and he drops harmlessly to the ground. Tallahassee gets to his feet, excitedly opens the door to the main power switch. He flips it, and nothing happens. He looks like a man completely defeated. Well, you got to kill a zombie Santa, says Columbus. And elves, says Wichita. He shrugs. Hey, it's okay. We're still all here together, says Little Rock. Yeah, I guess that's something, he replies with a little smile. See, I told you people to share it with, says Columbus. That was really a thing. <laughs> all right, get in here, says Tallahassee, bringing them all in for a hug. Suddenly the power turns on and the Christmas place lights up in all of its Christmas glory. And so, as we pan out, the narrator comes back in. And so, with the threat all gone, and no more fright, it was a Merry Christmas for all, and for all, a good night. We then get a post credit scene, because we have to have one. <laughs> the camera slowly pans up following the ski lift of Anakista in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, zombie bodies littering the fluffy snow. The camera continues to go up the stairs of the tallest tower, also littered with zombie bodies, until we finally see Sean Bean at the top, finishing the last zombie with his lightning bolt. He then looks out over the mountain range, and we hear the narrator say, No matter how many attack, no matter what people say, it is simply a fact. Sean Bean did not die that day. <laughs> oh, boom. Out outstanding oh that was that was so good Shane that was a that was excellent I love the I love the voiceover as the intro and the outro so if that is, is that a word outro yeah well it is now I believe it is I, I enjoyed that I like the rhyme uh, the using the, the night before Christmas that worked great um, I love the banter that you gave between the characters too that was that because that's exactly what made Zombieland so good going to Pigeon Forge for a Christmas uh, sh you know basically 
because that's a memory for him. That's exactly the type of thing that you you would expect him to do. Um, I love that you worked Sean Bean into this. I loved everything about that, by the way. Everything about the Sean Bean is, you know, it's just that was so good. Um, zombies. I actually looked it up. He was actually at the time the zombies were supposed to attack. He was actually filming Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, in which he played Zeus. Oh, wow! See, that's that is uh, yeah. A fact that I didn't. I wow. did research. That, that explains a lot. That explains the uh, the <laughs> lightning bolt. That's pretty awesome. Did research the, uh, yeah. That's that. What are you doing research? That makes that even better. Can't believe you did research. Yeah. Like I was, I was pumped that I actually don't. I did not research where they actually filmed it at. I mean, the movie takes place in New York, but uh, you know, it was reasonable to me. He could have been in America. He could have been. And for this story, he was, but uh, yeah, he was. That that's easily the best story I've heard so far today. You'll say that so, again after uh, I'm mine. I'm done because it's definitely better than my story. Yes, but but you know, <laughs> you may be just trying to lower our expectations <laughs> okay. because you're my you're Michael Circle, Michael Circle, and you know you've been given an amazing film in Big Trouble in Little China. And I know that you were ready, that you weren't like doing or finishing your story while we were doing everything earlier. I know you're, you are ready to go. So you're up, my man. Well, I just want to say I may be Michael Circle, but I don't want my name on this story. <clears throat> All right. You just said your name. <laughs> so I'm going to keep Jack Burton as Kurt Russell because I cannot say anybody else as Jack Burton. That's Amen. Kurt Russell is Jack yeah, that's Burton. Yeah, that's a good casting. Yep. All right. A cigarette-smoking man sits behind a darkened desk. He asks Egg Shen where Jack Burton is. Leave him alone, Egg says. Don't you believe in magic? It's Christmas, and magic is real. Egg raises his hands and touches the tips of his fingers together to form a Christmas tree. And between his fingers, lightning flows, changes colors to green and red and green, and then dissipates into nothing. The cigarette-smoking man looks on, astonished, but asks again where Jack Burton is. Now, the reason I chose the cigarette-smoking man is because, actually, the guy who was doing the interview at the beginning of the movie yeah, I know. is uh, Deep Throat from the X-Files. So not the cigarette-smoking man, Yeah, but, yeah, same vein. There you go. Yeah, I, I figured that one out. Yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, I like a that. A festive big rig drives up a distant hill. Driving 80s rock plays, and the title card displays Big Trouble in Little Christmas. To all those out there, this is the Reindeer Chop Express, and it's like I always tell my ex-wife. I never slay faster than I can see, and besides that, it's all in the reflexes. When some wild-eyed, eight-foot-tall nog drinker grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head against the barroom wall, and he looks you crooked in the <laughs> eye and asks if you've paid your dues, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir. Grandma's check is in the mail. <laughs> Through a few series of exchanges, Jack plays cards with his best friend Wang and others. They play all night and go nothing or double on a trick Wang tries with a knife and a beer bottle. The bottle flies off the table and Jack grabs it. It's all in the reflexes, he says. Jack takes Wang to the airport because he doesn't trust him to pay him what he owes and Wang needs to pick up his fiance. So this is where the similarities kind of go in a different direction. 
There, Jack meets Gracie Law. She's a lawyer who doesn't give him the time of day, and Wang awaits his fiancée from the North Pole. Just then, four strange, four-foot-tall thugs run up and grab Wang's fiancée and Gracie Law. She's a lawyer. Not the way it happened in the movie, but we're going on. Wang says, come on, Jack, and they run out to Jack's truck to find Wang's fiancée and Gracie Law. She's a lawyer. They drive into an alley, and things get stranger. They roll up on a funeral procession. Four-foot-tall elves in white walk through the street with a casket in tow. A group of ninja-like elves in black sneak up the sides of Jack's truck, and all-out turf war breaks out with Wang and Jack ducking for cover. Out of nowhere, lightning flashes and three tall elves, I'd say at least five-foot-ten, leap from the sky. <laughs> the three storms, ice, wind, and snow, begin taking both groups apart with sorcery and magic. A Sub-Zero-esque attack freezes many of the littler elves in place. Jack floors it to get out of the battle and ends up running over a laughing maniac who was suddenly there out of nowhere. He had a red suit and a big white beard. Jack runs him over and gets out to check on the damage, and he sees the big man walking through the back end of the truck. Low Panta opens his mouth, and green and red lights flash from his eyes and mouth, temporarily blinding Jack. Wang says, don't look, Jack. I already did. <clears throat> wait, wait, just, just, just again real quick. What was the name on this? On this particular guy? <laughs> Instead of Lopan, it's Lopanta. Okay, I just want to think. I just want to make sure I heard it right. That's great. <laughs> Lopanta. <laughs> so they run off and find a hideout, hideout where Wang explains the insanity they just went through. Long ago, Lo Panta, a guy in a Santa costume, was possessed by the spirit of Christmas. But the spirit cannot thrive in the man's body without a wife with one green eye and one red eye. My fiancé has eyes just like that. Go figure. So that guy wants your future wife? Well, as Jack Burton always says, what the heck? Let's go get her back. Some guys who work in Wang's restaurant, yes, he owns a wet restaurant, Say a uh, say, and just who are you? And he says, "I'm Jack Burton. I'm a reasonable guy, but I just experienced some unreasonable things." One of the guys says, "All this is just so shocking. I must be so monumentally naive." Another says, "You are." When they arrive on set, they see Lo Panta ready to make the sacrifice of Gracie Law. She's a lawyer, so he can be with Wang's fiance. They rush in to save her and are rushed by a large number of Lopanta's helpers. Jack trips on his own shoelaces, and Wang takes a good portion of them out by himself, because apparently he can fight. That's the way I, re I remember watching that movie the first time, too. Out of nowhere, Wang starts whooping up on people, and I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I know. Out of nowhere, he becomes, like, the man. Yeah. He sounds like a name like Wang. Yeah, why would he not be able to fight? Come on, Michael. What? Get with He's the just times. like waving everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> wiggle, 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 wiggle. Jack finally resituates re himself. <laughs> and he pulls... You'll fix that in post. I probably won't. It's in there for good. Yeah, Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's all right. Jack finally resituates himself, and he pulls out an Uzi that he got from the alley fight. He blasts a hole in the ceiling and drops heavy pieces of plaster on his head. He's out for another few action sequences with Wang. 
Jack stands back up and says, That's old Jack Burton for you. I don't even have to do it and it's done. Hey, low Panta Claus. Low Panta Claus. I messed that up. Hey, low Panta Claus. Here's your present. He levels his Uzi sights on low Panta and unloads. But the three storms arrive, blocking the bullets from hitting their boss. Low Panta pulls out a pen and paper and stares hard at Jack Burton. Naughty. Just remember what old Jack Burton says at a time like this. The naughty list is made of the fun ones. He throws a knife up to Low Panta. Low Panta drops the pen and catches the knife. That's a nice knife, he says. He throws it back at Jack, but not expecting him to catch it too, he is unready for the return volley that sends the knife through Low Panta's chest. It's all in the reflexes. The three storms are so distraught at the loss of Low Panta and the future Mrs. Claus that they explode. While this isn't the exact way it happens in uh, Big Trouble in Little China, it is pretty much what happens in Big Trouble in Little China. Jack walks out knowing Christmas is saved. Except the spirit of Christmas has other plans, overtaking Jack Burton and turning him into the Christmas Chronicles Santa from the Netflix movies. Also played by Kurt Russell. There's a, there's a post-credit scene. In this post-credit scene, he then realizes there was nothing wrong with Low Panta and Mrs. Claus. They didn't kidnap her from the airport. He was simply picking her up from the airport. Wang just had a little crush that nearly ended Christmas. You know, you, you, you did, you, you made it sound like you had nothing, but, but what you had was really quite good. Well, I appreciate um, that because even as I was reading it, I thought there's nothing to this. <laughs> No, I, I no. I, I first of all, I, you know, big trouble in little, in little Christmas, right? That's what yes. you, the official title was. Um, keeping the cast pretty much the same was a was a, probably a very smart move. I love the cigarette smoking uh, man referenced, you know, uh, at the beginning. I love the the idea of the him doing the same type of uh, magic, you know, starting it out. Uh, but then, of course, it's Christmas magic. Um, Let me ask you I a love question: the, the Jack. Do they ever pay yeah. that interview off later on in the movie? No, they do It not. never pays off. And I was watching it over and over to, near the end of the movie to try and see if I just missed it somewhere. There's no reason for it to start off with that interview, especially with that FBI-like guy trying to find out about Jack Burton. It doesn't go anywhere. I, I don't... I, I think it's, it's just to introduce the idea that it's going to have some magic later. Because otherwise, you, you, you seem like you have a regular movie until about halfway through and all the weird stuff starts happening. Oh, and then it just it just so, continues to degrade. I mean, at one point, there's that sewer monster thing. Does anybody yeah, want to talk about that? I know that? I love that. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the fact that there was a weird sewer beast and also the, uh, the, the beast thing that was in the actual sewer pipe? Middle, I know. middle school Chris yeah, I always feel that, bad, though. that movie was awesome. <laughs> you didn't worry about things I, like that. I gotta tell you what, you know, five hundred year old Jeremy still thinks it's awesome. <laughs> yep. So that was a, that was an excellent movie. So so far we have we've got two stories uh, that you wouldn't think would be Christmassy, and then they were turned magically into great Christmas stories. So uh, that brings us up to the last one, Chris. Yep. You uh, you probably had the hardest, the most epic of all yeah, stories, sure did. and I, I, I somewhat <laughs> apologize for that, but I feel like, 
I feel like you, if anyone can pull it off, you can. So uh, you were given Les Mis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So take it away. Yes. Take it away. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Well, miserable Christmas. Miserable Christmas. Yes. So yeah, first time I'm making a Christmas movie out of a movie that is already like so long, and, and I have to condense that into <laughs> um, something that's not quite as long. So first, the title, um, the full title. No one ever says it's full full title, but it's uh, Les Miserables Christmasables Les. <laughs> or Les Mis Christmas. That is what we're going with. Les Mis Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh, Jean Valjean will be played, uh, of course, by Hugh Jackman. Why not? Uh, Javert uh, will be played by uh, Jason Statham. Uh, Fantine is uh, <laughs> Uma Thurman. Um, and uh, the other, the rest of the cast doesn't matter too much. There's one more that I, I will I will mention their name when I come to it, but uh, doesn't matter. This is broken down into uh, a few different acts. So you have the prologue first. Picture it. 1815 France. With the best of times, it was the worst of times. Wait, wrong story. Hang on. Um, a chain gang of prisoners are at work. They're in hard labor. They begin to sing. Look down, look down, don't look them in the eye. Look down, look down, you're here until you die. Look down, look down, there's 20 years to go. Look down, don't look down. Don't let your work be slow. Then you have Chavert say, Now bring me prisoner 24601. Your time is up, and your parole's begun. You know what that means? To which Valjean says, Yes, it means I'm free! No. It means you get your yellow ticket and leave. You are a thief. I only stole a piece of fruitcake or two. You robbed a house, and it would have been if it would have been an ego, I would have personally ended you. I broke a window pane. <laughs> I was starving, and I grabbed the first food that I saw. And you'll starve again, lest you learn the meaning of the law. I know the meaning of all those nineteen years. I was a slave of the law. Yeah, five years for what you do. The rest because you tried to run. Oh, yes, 24601. My name is Jean Valjean, and I'm Javert. Crumpus Javert. Do not forget my name. Do not forget me, 24601. And then the prisoners once more. Look down, look down, you'll always be a slave. Look down, look down, you're standing in your grave. Now, by law, Valjean must display his yellow ticket of leave, which identifies him as an ex-convict. And as a convict, he's shunned wherever he goes. He can't find regular work, he can't have decent wages, he has no lodging. But finally, there's one man, one man, goes by the name of Father Christmas, played by Robbie Coltrane, the late Robbie Coltrane, offers him food and shelter. However, Valjean steals the man's silver. He's captured by the police, 
But rather than turn him in, Father Christmas tells the police that the silver was a gift. And he also gives Valjean a pair of silver candlesticks. He then tells Valjean that he must use the silver to become an honest man and to keep Christmas the best he can. Humbled by Father Christmas's kindness, Valjean resolves to redeem himself and tears up his yellow ticket, thereby breaking his parole. Eight years later, John Valjean has assumed a new identity as Hugh Jackman, an ex-circus owner and superhero, who now is a wealthy factory owner and mayor of a little place he calls Christmas Town, in honor of Father Christmas. Meanwhile, Fantine is an impoverished worker for the Tooth Fairy Guild. She loses her job and her wings when it's found out that she was stealing some of the teeth to sell on the black market. She was only doing so to pay the Tenardiers to care for her daughter, Cosette. However, now she's sick and unemployed and has no one to turn to who will give her a break. She sings, There was a time when I had wings and I could fly up in the sky so very high and enjoy the journey. There was a time when love could sing. The world was a song, and the song was exciting. There was a time when it all went wrong. I dreamed a dream in time gone by, when hope was high and life was living. I dreamed that love would never die. I dreamed that man would be forgiving. But I stole some teeth. Simply to bequeath to merchants who pay top dollar. It was for my child. Now I think it wild of all I've lost. For now I'm in squalor. But for her, I do it again. Is it really a sin to take some teeth? I mean, it's not like they were being used. But they tore my <laughs> hope apart. And they turned my dream to shame. But for my Cosette, I'll bear the blame. The dream I dream is now for her to claim. She finds herself desperate and looking for handouts in Christmas Town when Mayor Jackman comes to her aid. He's moved by her story and takes her in, though she's soon being pursued by Crumpus Chavert himself. He's heard what she did and wants to imprison her for her, her bad behavior. Fantine succumbs to her sickness and dies, but makes Hugh Jackman promise to take care of her daughter, Cosette. He agrees, but he has bigger problems, as Krumpus has discovered his true identity as Jean Valjean, and has promised to pursue him to the ends of the earth. Meanwhile, the Thenardiers are innkeepers, just outside of Halloween Town. They use Cosette as a servant and treat her cruelly, while extorting money from Fantine. Cosette dreams of a life with a mother where she can use her wings to fly away and is not forced to work all the time. The Thenardiers, meanwhile, cheat their customers. All the time. All the while stealing their possessions and setting high prices for low-quality services while living a life of, well, <laughs> criminal depravity. They go around just singing, Master of the house, stolen out the charm, ready with a handshake and an open form, tells a scary tale. Makes a little stir. Customers appreciate a bon viveur. Glad to do your friend a favor. Doesn't cost me to be nice, but nothing gets you nothing. Everything's got a little price. Well, 
Valjean meets Cosette while she's on an errand, drawing water, and offers the Thenardiers payment to adopt her. Valjean negotiates with the Thenardiers, for whom he pays fifteen hundred francs in the end. Valjean and Cosette leave for the mysterious Halloween town. There Valjean is introduced to Jack, the Pumpkin King, who's intrigued by Jean Valjean's stories of Christmas and wants to know more. In the meantime, Trumpus Javert has taken over Christmas Town, and word comes to him that Valjean is hiding out in Halloween Town. He decides to make the journey with a garrison of soldiers to bring Valjean in. As they come over the horizon, Jack sings, What's this? What's this? Some men from Christmas Town. What's this? What's this? They say to bring Jean Valjean down? The tone on their voices, well, that leaves a sting. But if it's a fight they want, then it's one that will bring. For I am Jack, the Pumpkin King. And with that, there is a great battle. <laughs> Crumpus Javert and his men launch candy cane spears as the Halloween Town hordes the rotten pumpkins at the Christmas Town militia. Everyone is fighting. But as it goes on and on, all the men from Halloween Town are killed. But since they're all already dead, they continue fighting. It soon seems as though they're at an impasse, and Valjean agrees to meet with Crumpet Javert, to which he says, Here to surrender, are you, Valjean? No, I, I was just hoping to talk. Why would you think I would surrender? Because you're French. You people always surrender. Is it true you once stole a man's Nutella? Oh, come on, man. I'm French. We don't <laughs> eat that second-rate garbage. I should drop you where you stand <laughs> just for that. Just then, Jack appears behind Valjean and throws his own head right at Crumpus. A killing blow. Valjean, in an act of selfless courage, throws himself in front of Javert and takes the brunt of Jack's wrathful advice. He comes to later, looking up at his Adopted daughter, Cosette. Javert is waiting for him. You see, Crumpus Javert finds himself unable to reconcile Valjean's merciful acts with his perception of Valjean as an irredeemable criminal. He knows that Valjean is dying. Finding himself torn, Crumpus Javert decides that he can no longer serve as Crumpus. He explains to Valjean that Crumpus was in fact his title and not his first name, and that he himself embodied the spirit of Christmas. He now sees how wrong he was and offers the title to Jean Valjean, letting him know that with the title comes immortality. He agrees, but decides to go with the title Santa Claus instead. His adopted daughter becomes Cosette Claw, and eventually runs away to join her new beau, Sean Bean. But that, my friend, is a story for a different time. Oh, that 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 did not see the ending of there coming the way that it did. That's that was really good. The title, let me make sure I get it right. It's Les Miserables Chris Christmas. Is that what it was? Masabla. Okay. Les Miserables Christmas Abla La. <laughs> okay. Or Les, Les Mis Christmas. All right. So when when shortened, it becomes Les Mis Christmas. Okay. Great. The ca that's all right. A good the casting, title. keeping first of all, keeping uh, Wolverine. That's that was the right move. 
um, uh, at making course, uh, yeah, putting happens. Jason Statham is always going to be a winner. Um, uh, I really appreciated the the mm-hmm. ego reference. Uh, that's that was a nice little callback there um, to previous stories where we've used Ego. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, I enjoy the innkeepers, of course. Masters of the house. I will probably uh, now have. I'll probably have Master of the House in my head for the rest of the night now. Sorry uh, about that. <laughs> no, that's all right. I, I, I yeah. sort of asked for it whenever I uh, whenever I gave you Les Mis to begin with. That's true. Uh, see, I uh, of course I enjoyed bringing her to Christmas Town. Jack the Pumpkin King, nice uh, Tim Burton uh, crossover going on there. I, I really there's there was just so much going on that was. That was really great. That was really great. Okay. Guys, I'm going to tell you. Man, this was this was so good. All three of those stories. I I'm struggling with this. I'm I'm not even kidding. Um It is it is really close right now. I'm 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 legitimately struggling for which one I I want to, to go with. Oh, man. Jeremy's um, about to make himself winner. No, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. All three of your stories were really good. Really good. But I'm... You know what? I, I, I feel like... I feel like I'm going to give it to Chris. Chris, it's you. Wow. Maybe it's because you were in the you were in the pole position. Maybe it's because you had to sing uh, and turn taste. a depressed yeah uh, turn a depressing story into a Christmas story. Um, maybe it's just because your challenge was greater than the other two. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like I said, the other guys, your all stories were wow. great, but I, I I've got to give it to Chris. Going to give it to Chris on this one because yeah. that was really good. I, I did not see that coming, but I I appreciate that. I'll take I'll take a win, however yeah. I can get. It. All right. Well, you you have it. Do you do you have any uh, any words? Well, this lay miss, Victory. Chris, was in fact not a miss, as this lay miss, Chris, hit his mark with Jeremy's heart. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> well. Well done. Well, let me ask you this, Lay Miss Chris. Would you steal a win to feed your family? To feed my family? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to cut that out in post. I didn't have the same landing. You're going to cut that out in post? <laughs> You're no, not going to cut he, that out in post. Gonna, he won't. He, he will won't. not cut that out in post. That was a brilliant, brilliant question. And a brilliant answer. All right. So, uh, that was a, this brings our, our Christmas special, I guess, to an end. Um, and I guess so that means we need to go ahead and say goodbye. Chris, being the victor, we'll have the honor of choosing our next movie and the details uh, mm-hmm. that we will recast. But as typical, we, have, we normally have like a fun little slogan to sign off. If I can remember right, it goes something like this. Um, if you're throwing up what we're serving, you should see a doctor for that. 
That's how it goes, right? Is that how it goes? No. Okay. Um, Because there ain't nothing wrong with what we're serving. That's on you. Um, Oh, I know. A little nonsense now and then is cherished by the wisest men. Oh, wait. No, that's that's probably... uh, That might be trademark because that's from... That's from Willy Wonka, isn't it? Yeah, I like yeah. that. Hey, and how about this? When life leaves you feeling crestfallen and downcast, then pick up your spirits with "Once Upon a Recast." I like there, that. that's it. Good night. <laughs>